always this time of the year. You've seen it on Christmas cards, a cheesy Hallmark movie, or, or in, in Hobby Lobby. Wise men still seek him, right? We've heard that for years during the Christmas season. And we've been on a journey looking at the, the Bible does speak to that, that, that there are some incredible things that, 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 that are awaiting those who truly seek God. There are blessings and there are things that, that await us whenever we seek him. And we believe that you shouldn't miss out on, on what God has for you. And you would be wise to seek him. We, we, we talked about that very early on that the, 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 the Bible promises, God promises that if you will search for me, if you will look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God's not playing some game of cosmic hide and seek, trying to keep himself from us. He wants you to, God wants you to know who he is. He does. He wants you to find him. We talked about that, that when we seek Christ first, when you seek first the kingdom of God and when you live righteously, it says, I will take care of everything you need. You will have everything you need, not necessarily what you want, but what you need. There's something awaiting those who live righteously and pursue Jesus. Jesus just has a way of showing up and taking care of life. How many of you know that life is better with Jesus in it? Amen. Come on. That's what his promise is. I will take care of everything you need. We looked at last week that as we seek God, there is a reward for us. And it may not necessarily be the winning lotto ticket. It may not be some sort of financial, you know, blessing or whatever. But God himself is the greatest reward in life. Some of you in this room have tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. Have you not? God is the greatest reward for every man and woman, boy and girl on the earth today. In him, we find forgiveness of sins. In him, we find grace. In him, we find peace and joy. In him, we find a life eternal, right? God is the greatest reward. He is enough. We sing that song, Christ is enough, right? But we're seeking him. And, and, and we could go on and on and on throughout Scripture and find these, these promises and good things that await those who seek him. We pray that you would seek him with everything you have. Amen? Today, I want to continue in this idea of seeking because that's what God has invited us to do. You know that God has invited us to have a relationship with him. The, 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 the message of Christmas, check this out, is this. It's, well, you know, Linus reminds us of it, doesn't he? And in that old Charlie Brown Christmas that you dialed in and watched this week. Is that not still one of the best? Amen. Um, when he stands up, I know what the meaning of Christmas is, Charlie Brown. Linus drops his blanket and he just shucks the corn. He just lays it out there. Amen. But God saw our desperation. God knew that things were not working as they should. And, and, and God left heaven and he came as a baby born in a manger named Jesus. 
The Old Testament prophets that said that, that the people that are walking in darkness, they will see a great light. And God stepped out of glory and he came to, as Pastor Chach read to us, a, a feeding trough wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. God, Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. You see, listen, you've been created to have a relationship with God. That's the message of Christmas. And so today I want to, I want to spend the next three hours just talking about that with you. If I, if I can, it's kind of getting ready for Tuesday. Got a lot that y'all need to be ready for. No, just kidding. But, but, but God wants a relationship with every one of us and we can, we can seek him through prayer. We can seek him through, through worship. We can <clears throat> seek him through the reading of the word. We seek him through fellowship with others, but God wants us to know him and find him. I posted this week on, on, on social media a verse that many of us in this room are quite familiar with. And, and I posted this verse because, man, this was a, just a crazy week from, as a nation, wasn't it? With stuff going on. And, 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 and I basically posted this. I said, I don't care what, quote, side you're on. I do know that we as believers should all be praying right now. You know what I mean? And this is not about, listen, this is just about we need a move of God. We're jacked up, messed up on so many different levels. And we just need to pray. But I posted this verse that many of you are familiar with. And it, it speaks to seeking, seeking God and seeking his face. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and what? Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. He says, God says, seek my face. It, <clears throat> if we can't see God's face, how can we seek God's face? There's something you need to know about the Hebrew here in in. in in the word face. So in, in the Hebrew, the word face means presence. When, 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 when God says, when you seek my face, you know, there, 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 there aren't many people in the course of history, <clears throat> excuse me, that have ever seen the face of God, right? Moses saw the backside of him, right? I, I believe Stephen, when he was, was being Stoned to death, looked up in the heaven and probably got a glimpse, right? But there's not many. How can we? Well, in the Hebrew, when, when you see the word seek my face, what, what God is saying, seek my presence. That's what I want to visit with you about today is seeking the face, quote, seeking the presence of God. You see, the call to seek God's face was, was issued to Israel, to, to people that, that had, had abandoned him. And, and, and for, for years, they, 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 they had not heard from God. In fact, we know that, that from the last word of, a, of an Old Testament prophet until Jesus was born in Bethlehem, some 400 years pass. No word from God. 
No one's speaking. The Old Testament prophets would show up and, and God would speak to them and he would deliver a word to people. Kings depended on that word. People wanted to hear from God. Oftentimes when the Old Testament prophets showed up, though, it wasn't a good or encouraging word, was it? It's like, you guys have screwed up and here's what's about to happen, right? Or anyway, but 400 years have passed. No word from God. Israel is desperate. But we see that time and time again throughout their history, they've just abandoned God. And we, we, we see their need to return to him. <clears throat> In 1 Chronicles, I love this passage because we read about King David understanding the need for Israel to return to God. And, 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 and David in 1 Chronicles chapter 13 speaks to this, this idea, says, listen, we are going to once again seek the ark. Now, I'm not talking about Noah's ark. That's in Kentucky. You can go visit it, all right? But I'm talking about the ark of the covenant. God, in fact, look what David writes in first Chronicles chapter 13. He says, it is time to bring back the ark of our God for we neglected it during the reign of God. This was the ark of the covenant, which God had commanded Moses some 400 years prior to this to construct. It was a wood box. The word ark means a box or a chest. It was, it was a box made out of gold. On top of it was very ornate gold called the mercy seat of God, right? Inside the box, this box was three feet, uh, nine inches long. It was two feet, three inches wide, two feet, three inches high. Inside of it contained the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. There was manna inside of it. There was the Aaron's rod that bloomed and blossomed, a miracle in itself. All those things were in there. But, but, but inside of this, or, or this thing was symbolic of the very presence of God. There was a time in which the Philistines hijacked it and stole it from the Israelites. Some bad stuff began to happen in their camp. So they actually send it back to Israel and said, bro, there's some bad mojo on this. We don't want anything to do with this. Y'all take it back. We know that for 70 years, it sits in, in the home of, of a man by the name of Abinadab. But in 1 Chronicles 13, David's saying, listen, our nation is in desperate need for the presence of God. Did you just hear what I said? David says, our nation is in desperate need for the presence of God. It's time to restore the presence of God. It's time to bring this ark back to Israel and restore to it in, to a nation in need. of This thing that we need the most, we've abandoned, we've turned our back on. Listen, we need to restore God in his rightful place. Have you read the Bible? Is it not still a word for us today? Because that's where we're at, correct? And that's why I want us to spend some time today talking about seeking the presence of God. David knew that's what is. David as king knew, hey, listen, I need God's presence in order to lead these people that keep doing their own thing. David knew that he was king, but he knew that he was not the king. <laughs> he knew that he needed God's guidance and help, right? 
But he also wanted Israel to see the very presence of God, symbolic of this Ark of the Covenant. He wanted them to be reminded of their need and he wanted them to be totally dependent as a nation on the presence of God. You see, David knew that in order for Israel to survive, they needed the presence of God. Hey, we need to be seekers of the ark today. And I'm not saying we need to be pursuers of of this gold box that Indiana Jones has still yet to find, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is we need to return to seeking the presence of God in our culture today. That's what we need. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want us to talk about what does it mean and, and, and what awaits us when we seek the very presence of God. In, in Psalm 105, verse 4, it's a challenge to us as God's faithful people to seek him. And to search for him. Search for the Lord, the psalmist writes. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. I'm telling you, there are great things that await a person that continually seeks the face of God. And seeks his presence. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what role this quest for God plays in your daily life. I don't know if it's, a, it's, if, it's a, if it's reserved for Sundays. I don't know if you spend time each morning or evening or whatever in seeking him. But, but I just know that scripture says that we should search for him. We should continually seek after him. And I'm not saying that, that there are any of us in this room that have necessarily abandoned God. But here's what I've discovered in, in my life. Me personally, it, and just in, in, in other lives that I've observed, uh, is that we do a pretty good job of seeking God when we find ourselves in a difficult situation, don't we? When we need to be pulled out of a situation, maybe financial distress, health issue, relationships gone awry, whatever. <clears throat> Things at work or at school that are, that are on, the, on the outs. We, we do a good job of seeking God when we find ourselves in a, in a pickle. We, 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 and I'm not saying that we've abandoned God, but, but what would it look like if we did what Psalm 105 says, that we would just continually search for God all day, every day? I'm telling you, there are blessings that await. Listen, when you seek God, you find him. And, and, and as you spend time with God, here's what happens. He, he transforms a person. You take on his nature more and more the more you seek him. The more and more that you're spending time and dialed in and pressing in and seeing, you're going to get to know his heart a little bit more. You're going to be, I think, see things from his perspective. Your character is going to begin to mirror and look more like, you know, we talked about, we just sang that Shekinah glory. Listen, we put Jesus on display today. You know that, right? Or we should. When people look at us, they ought to get a clearer picture as to what he's like and who he is. And that comes from seeking him. The more you seek, the more you find. Matthew 7, keep asking, keep knocking, and that door, remember, will be opening. We have to continually press in and seek him. God wants us to know him, and he wants us to make us like him. He wants relationship with him. You know that in order to have a healthy relationship with anyone, it comes as you seek to spend time with them. And, and, and I would say FaceTime with them. You ever tried to make a decision or communicate with someone via 
text messages or email, maybe make an important decision or just share your perspective on a situation and they misconstrue or misunderstand what you're saying. Mark, you ever been there? E- email and text message is, 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 it's good sometimes, but sometimes you just don't get the true picture as to where a person's coming from. It, listen, it, it, face-to-face time is better sometimes, isn't it? It's, it's better sometimes. Um, and, and, and I just know that as we press in and, and seek the face of God and develop, we're going to develop a greater level of intimacy with him. The, in, in James chapter four, it says we need to press in. We need to seek him. Look what it says. Come close to God and God will come close to you. What? Listen, if I come close to God, he's going to come close to me. Can, wouldn't you just love some face time with him? Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. God wants relationship with us. He wants us to come close to him. And I'm telling you, as you come face to face with God, there's transformation that takes place in your life. You're changed. You're different. You find yourself maybe in your relationship with God kind of wishy-washy today. I would, I would challenge you. And, and ask you to, to check your FaceTime with him. Because when you FaceTime, I'm telling you, there is something that happens. Transformation. You're changed. You begin to look more and more like him. You take on his nature. You take on his character, his quality. You want to look like Jesus? Press in. Spend some time with him. Spend time with him in prayer. I think that's a big deal. I'm not talking about just over the, you know, the... Um, your, your meal times. I'm talking about just spending time in prayer and, and seeing. In fact, I, I did this earlier and I just want to call an audible right now. I'm going to ask you to do something. Pull out your phones, your, 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 your wallets and give to the, no, but just pull out your phones or write this. Down. I, I want you to pray for me. Tuesday night's message is heavy. It's a big message Tuesday night. 3,000 people, an opportunity for me to share Jesus with them. I want to ask you to do what I'm asking or talking about right now real quick. Pray. I want you to pray. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Write it down. Schedule it. Set a reminder. Set an alarm if you need to. Will you join me in prayer tomorrow night at 6 o'clock? You can pray for Christmas in the city whenever you want to. But I just I, I want us to, 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 to pound heaven hard tomorrow night at 6 Praying for, for God to show up on the town square Tuesday night in a mighty way. Amen? You, 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 I got, Wes, can I tell them what we've been praying for in leadership prayer? Hey, Mike Bellamy, Grace, can I tell them what we've been praying for in leadership prayer? Here's what we, Cheryl, here's what we've been praying for in leadership prayer. We meet every Monday night and pray as leaders of this church. We pray. You need to know that, okay? We don't just show up on Sunday and just say, let's just wing this thing and see what God does today. No, we pray. You know, we've been praying for a visible manifestation of God on the town square Tuesday night. I don't know how you feel about that. Some of you are going, come on. I just know that if we pray for something and if it lines up with God's will, he does it, Pastor Gary, doesn't he? He does it. We've been praying for it. Will you join me and pray tomorrow night at six o'clock for a move of God on the town square. Listen, when we pray, though, we're seeking him. We're, we're becoming more and more like him. David would write in Psalm 24, who may ascend this hill of the, the Lord, the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in this holy place? Only those with clean hands whose hearts are pure, who do not 
worship idols and never tell lies. They will be the ones who receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship you in your presence, oh God. Listen, when I'm FaceTiming with the Father, when I'm praying with him, listen, there is something he's doing in me in that moment. I'm not just reading about him. I'm not... I'm not just resting on old manna or old wine. There is a freshness, a newness that comes when I pray and I seek his face. We seek God's face through worship. And worship is not just four songs with a great band on a Sunday morning. Worship is just an attitude of our heart. It's, it's, a, it's an overflow of, of, of our gratitude and adoration towards God for all that he's done. I, I sing songs to him. I, I pray to him. I lift up my hands. I, I tell others of his goodness. Have you, have you worshiped him? Have you worshiped him? Have you given him what he's worthy of? I prayed that today with Angus. We were waiting for the frost to come off of our windshield this morning. We, I parked outside and I had frosty windshield. You guys come at 10, you, you wake up and we, you've already missed half the day. But for those of us that were up early today, it was frosty. And we prayed that as we sat there before we could drive. I said, Lord, would your people today worship you in a way that you deserve, that you're worthy of, not some half-hearted effort? David writes this in Psalm 63. Listen to, his, listen to this intimacy. He says, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary. I've gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Are you sensing the relationship? David knew what it was to seek the face of God. He knew what it was to be in his presence. He wasn't always perfect, was he? But yet he knew the unfailing love, he says, of God from relationship. Lord, I long for you more than anything. He would write elsewhere that, that, that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. David says, I'll take one day in the presence and the courts of God than a thousand on some Caribbean destination. I want the Lord. Is that your heart today? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There is, mm, it's beautiful when we seek him. You would be wise to seek this God that the scripture speaks of. But, but I would say not just seeking him, but worship him also. I, I love that verse in <clears throat> Matthew chapter two. It's, it's uh, the, the, the wise men. Listen, their, their search for, for Jesus was not just some hop in the HOV lane and we're there in 25, 30 minutes. In fact, when, when they finally find Jesus after some 900-mile journey across the desert, probably on camels and donkeys and probably an entourage of pulling stuff with them. and I mean, Jesus is around the age of two when the wise men show up. Did you know that? Now, the shepherds were there at his birth. 
But it's about probably a two-year journey for these wise men. They pull into to Jerusalem first because that's where all kings would be, right? We're going to report to King Herod. Herod, oh great king, where is this one that we've been told of, born king of the Jews? Matthew chapter 2 says that that was their question. Where is this newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star as it rose and we've come to do what? Worship him. They didn't just want to come and find him and say, oh, no, they came to worship. As you continue to read how when they finally found Jesus in Bethlehem with his mother Mary in their home, Jesus is probably around the age of two. You see these wise men, scientists, doctors, scholars, bowing down and worshiping this one that they knew as a two-year-old was the king that the prophets spoke of. This king who would deliver his people. This king who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It says they bowed down and, and they worshiped him. They worshiped him. Verse, verse 11, you don't have this, just trust me. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. And they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Stand with me this morning. Then I'm going to ask you a question. Ministry team, go ahead and make your way down to the front. What are you bringing to Jesus today? What do you mean, what are I bringing? What, what are you coming to Jesus with? First of all, are, are you seeking him? You would be wise to. But also, are you worshiping him? These wise men brought their best. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That wasn't just some shoddy dollar general gift that they picked up just in a pinch, in a hurry. This was well thought out. This was of significant sacrifice and worth to them. They were bringing their very best before the king. Do you bring your best to him? And I'm not just talking about your financial stuff although we should bring our best. But I'm talking about, do you give him the best of your time? Or is he just kind of tucked away in the midst of life somewhere? And if you have time, then you'll think of him. No? Are you giving your best in your worship to him time-wise? Are you? What about the talent you have? And there's some extremely gifted people in this room. Hey, stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, are you giving God and worshiping him your best there? Business leader, are you using the skill sets and the mindset that God has placed in you? Are you worshiping him through that by, by giving him your best there and representing him there in your influence? Employee, student, are you using your talents and your abilities where God has placed you as an act of worship. 
you would be wise to seek this Christ child wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a feeding trough. But you would also be wise to worship him, to give him your life, to give him your very best because he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Because I believe that today that there's someone in this room, there's someone watching online that right now you need the best gift you could ever receive. You need Jesus to come into your life. Would you say yes to him right now? Would you say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that that I am in need of you. I believe you died on the cross to forgive me of all of my wrongdoings of life, sin. You gave up your life to come into my life and to make me new and transform me. Jesus, would you come in and be my Lord today? Would you save me from my sins and make me new? If you need to do that today. I'm going to pray and dismiss us. And, and, and I've got a, 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 a group of people down front that would love to help you understand what it means to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here today though, and, and you're just <clears throat> going through a difficult time. It's hard for you to, to sing about peace on earth because your life is a war zone right now. We sing joy to the world, but for you right now, it's hard for you to find that because the enemy has come in and he's kind of camouflaging the joy that Jesus wants you to have right now. Hey, listen, if we can pray with you, partner with you about anything, that's also why my friends are standing down front today. Don't leave here without being ministered to, prayed over, having your questions answered, receiving the hope in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much for coming to earth as a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Thank you that you came to change us, save us from our waywardness. You came to set us free and to give us life. And Lord, I'm praying that for everyone listening here today, that they would say yes to Jesus, that we would seek you wholeheartedly, that we would worship you, God, and give you what you deserve, all for your glory. In the awesome name of Jesus, we pray.